When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on Barca Talk, Levante came back from a one-goal deficit to snatch three points from FC Barcelona in La Liga. The Champions League will pick up this week with a visit from Slavia Prague, and Barcelona B have run into a string of stagnant results. Hey, this is Barca Talk, the podcast for Barca fans. I'm Brian Henderson, your host in Buffalo, New York. Today, we have the unfortunate duty of covering Barcelona's disgraceful loss to Levante in La Liga on Saturday. Joining me now from Madrid is your co-host, my Barca brother from another mother, Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, what's going on, man? What is, I mean, you put it perfectly, I have to say. The unfortunate duty of covering this. It is our duty yes. to cover this, and it is uh, an unfortunate one. You know, I actually I was inspired to phrase it that way because I just watched the final of the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> and, you know, at, at the end of every normal episode up until the final, there's one host announces Star Baker. The other host has the they always say, like, the horrible job of saying who's going to go mm-hmm. home. And we have the horrible job of having to talk about this this loss to Levante in La Liga. For sure. I mean, I told you last week take away the messy masterclass that he did, but I just felt the whole match was a mirage. I mean, we're going to talk about it more, but man, here in Spain, the bad body language, the attitude, the lack of hustle and effort, you know, again, it's the same thing over and over again. And I was watching all the YouTube videos this morning. I was having a crack up. Uh, I don't know if this guy's in Spanish. His name is Zerf. I was recommended by Jose from the LA Pena. And his videos are hilarious because they're right after the match. And he said, he had a really great point. He said, you know, did we ever think that Valverde was going to get better? I mean, it's not like he went to a coach's seminar this summer and got better. And I just was right. and I was cracking up from it because it's totally true. I mean, it's just on Barca TV, since they don't have the rights to show the live game, they have two commentators doing the game and they only show Valverde on the bench. And Brian, he yeah. didn't blink for three minutes. <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah, it's funny because I was watching that too, and they have the TVs in the background, yeah, yeah. and it's just Valverde doing whatever. <laughs> yeah. And when you said that to me, I'm like, yeah, he's he. I mean, they're using him exactly the way they should as wallpaper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, I mean, this it's just there's just no inspiration anymore, Brian. You know, this is you know, you're the creative guy. I'm kind of more the analytical guy, but when it comes to football, I'm very creative and romantic. And this team, especially the last two years. I just do not recognize this team at all, and I hate watching it. It is so ugly. You know, If the way we just don't do anything correctly anymore and fundamentally as you know, a formal player, it just drives me up the wall. Yeah. Well, one thing that comes to mind is that if you look at past managers for a long time now, 
over time, being the manager of Barcelona just chips away at your soul. At your soul. Yeah. 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 And it, it takes a different toll on, on different people in a in whatever period of time it takes. Uh, with Rijkaard, it was five years, and it left him a shell of a man. With Guardiola, it was, what, four? four. Yeah. Martino, it took maybe a month. Yeah. And then the rest of the season was a, a total nightmare. Right. But even Luis Enrique, after in his third year, he was, he was over yeah. it. And looking at Valverde in particular, he really reminds me at this point of, of Tata Martino. Even though that was only one year, this is just kind of like a longer version of the same thing. He's Tata 2.0. I like it. Version 2.0, not the good way, you know? <laughs> yeah, conversions get worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can the numbers go down? It's just Especially the point of view here, what's happening in Spain, is the lack of attitude and relaxation going on, not only in the locker room, but what's going on? There's just no consequence. In this match, PK was awful. And there's no consequence to that for the next matches. He has nobody right. pushing him. And he knows Valverde is not going to take him out. And in the sports show they were talking about, they, you know, they were just talking about how Valverde's responses to certain questions. He just never knows the answer. More importantly, he just doesn't look like he cares. And I think that's really the thing that portrays itself on television in the last couple of matches is that our players are just looking not to get hurt. They don't have that fight. They're at the end of end of their career type. So they've done a lot and they just don't have that passion like they used to. And that's perfectly natural. But that's how, why we talked about that we need younger players to push. But more importantly, we need a coach that's going to have that environment to use younger players when the veterans don't play what they're supposed to play. Yeah. And even though publicly the the players still seem to be in Valverde's corner i maybe they're not even aware of this but i keep getting the sense that there's a an inadvertent an unintentional and a quiet almost mutiny happening between the players and Valverde i i'm not even sure that they're all aware of it but i think that's happening they keep looking to each other for answers mm. even if they say otherwise i don't think that they really trust Valverde they don't i mean th- th- i would agree with you they are looking for to each other for answers but also on the other hand they are on club med right now they are having the easiest time right now they are not being pressured it's an easy work environment and it's just i i equate it to Having a teacher that doesn't give you pop quizzes and easy tests. These veteran players right now are so comfortable and so happy with this. And they're winning enough that for them, it's okay. Brian, when we do these scouting reports, especially on away, we no longer have any advantage. Because again, Valverde got outcoached again by freaking Levante. Props to Paco Lopez, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is the thing, Brian. We have Slava Praha coming up. I mean, they're going to do the same thing. All It's textbook. I'm not a professional coach. I've played. I know what I'm seeing and so forth. All you have to do to this Barca team is not let them score early, bottle Messi as best as you can, press high, use your speed up the middle, game over. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we're getting into some more specific about things that. about yeah. the game. No, that's quite all right. And I think we should begin to move the conversation towards this the game itself specifically. But let me just take a moment to thank another reviewer in Apple Podcasts. This one came from Australia. It was a five-star review, uh, headline Barca Talk. And it just says, after the first week, you think, what a great podcast. After the first season, you think, what a great family. That came from Francis Tony AU in the Apple Podcasts uh, Australia store. Thank you so much. I mean, I think we try to be professional and do something along the lines of 
conventional professional sports coverage, but we also try and create a sense of family and community with Barca Talk. I'm glad you enjoy that, and I know I'm pretty sure that this reviewer is one of our patrons, so he's a member, so he's part of that as well. So thanks for that review. Appreciate it, and keep those reviews coming. Coming up, Barcelona's away record under Valverde returns to form with this disgraceful 3-1 loss to Levante in Valencia. So Barca had a string of good results on the road, starting with Getafe on match day 7, then Ibar and Slavia Prague. But the away streak was denied by the combined forces of a brave Levante and a jaded Barcelona. Match day 12 in La Liga against Levante in the Ciutat de Valencia Stadium, a 3-1 loss with only one goal from Messi on a penalty in the 38th minute and three goals by Levante in seven minutes from Campania, Mayoral, and Radoja in that order. First, I want to start off with talking about a little bit of the lineup. The glaring omission for me was Dembele being left off the squad. Valverde instead went with Fatih and Perez on the bench and a front three of Griezmann, Suarez, and Messi. Apparently no room for Dembele. When the squad was announced on Friday, a lot of articles were posted about the omission of Dembele from the squad, but nobody had any real clues as to why, and I, so far, haven't seen any reports over the last week about Dembele returning to his bad training habits, which is not to say that it's not happening, but we just it hasn't been reported on. So, at least Perez or Fatih is understandable, but what could explain preferring both of them over Dembele? I have no clue, Brian. I mean... Just like you said, I mean, after the match, he was asked point blank if it was a medical decision, and they said he said no, and so that just Valverde, Valverde said, no. said no, and so that just leaves the door to anything, right? Just like you said, bad training, maybe came to late. We don't know. We're going to find out this week, obviously, because someone's going to leak something. If he is perfectly healthy, Dembele needs to be on the squad. I mean, that's his plan. And simple. Yeah. He is a better forward than Fatih or Perez. No debate about that. And to have him on the on the bench, we needed him in this match. I mean, just think about how much. He would have opened up on counters and just given us more speed than Perez, you know. So I have no understanding of why this happened. And again, Brian, this starting lineup, it's the same BS every freaking game. It's two to three players out of position. And those two to three players out of position, they hold back the team because those players cannot play as free as they want to play. For me, Brian, the first thing when I look at this, when I saw the lineup was Tomato on the left back. Oh, yeah. Why did we sign Furpo? Right. Yeah, we've got Sabato at left back, while Firpo, not on the squad at all, and Alba on the bench. And of course, resting Alba, yes, please. But why Sabato instead of Firpo? I mean, yeah, Sabato has been improving in the position, and he has more game time under his belt because he keeps getting more minutes than Firpo. But is he still the better choice? No, and the other thing, too, is by moving... Was he ever the better no, choice? No, he's not. And the thing is, when you move Sabato over, you're not only are you... Moving that over, but you're weakening both backs. Just keep Semedo right back. You have a stronger right back and then maybe a weaker left back, but at least you're strong on one side. Valverde has no excuse. I mean, absolutely no excuse to say that he didn't want Furpo. He was involved in the decision making. He is the one that ultimately gave an okay with this. He liked the player. And to not even put him on the squad... We've been clamoring for the last two years to give Alba a break, and he gives Alba a break, but then he puts Semedo. It's just mind-blowing. So from that point of view, Brian, I already knew it was going to be trouble because when I saw Levante, as we talked about in the scouting report, depending on their formation was going to dictate how aggressive they were going to be. They were in a 4-4-2, and I knew we're going to be in trouble 
already with Semedo yeah. and Roberto being in those positions. Yeah, and so we only got the one goal, 36th minute. Semedo is making a run into the box. Arthur passes it in. Semedo is fouled by Maraimon for a penalty. Messi takes, scores. He placed it really nicely yeah. into the sort of side back corner netting. A good take from Messi. And we were ahead, one nothing. So, it, I mean, it definitely looked like we were getting pressed, but we were managing it. And then in the second half, starting in the 61st minute, everything went down the tubes. For sure. <laughs> Three goals in seven minutes. I, I don't know what happened at halftime. I don't know if they took Dramamine or something to like put him to sleep because they came out with no energy. And again, Levante just kept coming and coming and they could have scored more goals. Think about, you know, even though, again, we look at this the possession stat, right? The possession, we won the possession. But you're watching that match. Did it feel like we had possession? Did it feel like we had ever control of the match? No. I mean, it's no. And that's what's so weird. It's like we make so many passes, you know, so many easy back passes, you know, that they accumulate to more than 500, right? So that adds to the possession. But I mean, come on. I mean, think about how many times we lost the ball in the midfield off of really bad one two passing. I remember like Vidal trying to head it down, lost it. PK trying yep. to clear it, especially on the first goal, to nobody. Just clearing it because, again, we never went to the ball. How many times, Brian, especially in our midfield, was DeJong or Artur hung out to dry by themselves because there was such a big distance between the midfield? And I've talked about this many times. You know, this is the biggest difference between, you know, with Javi Iniesta and now with the midfield, one of the biggest difference. The positioning and the distance between those guys and the movement now what's happening is like Artur is all by himself and he has to make a 25, 20 yard pass to safety and it gets intercepted and it starts a counter. And that's happening more often than not. So that needs to change. But really, Ryan, the first goal, I mean, PK, I mean, come on, man. I mean, just clear it even better, you know, to the side, you know, never to the center. Right, right. Well, PK tries to clear the ball. Radoja beats Vidal to it. And had, so, I mean, you could also give Vidal some some grief for that as well because he was just so easily beat. I mean, Radoja was ahead of him yeah. all the way. Yeah. And Radoja heads it to Mayoral in the box. He lays it off to Morales, then to Campagna, charging into the box for an easy goal. And I looked at this play a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking myself, who should have been marking Campagna? So basically, it's such a fast bang-bang play that it's really hard to just fault one person. But... Right. It, it, you can just see the chain reaction of everything, right? Like you said, PK tries to clear it. It's a bad clearance. It's short. Vidal doesn't react fast enough. He doesn't anticipate. He gets beat on the head. It goes right back to the box, right? So all of a sudden, PK is out of position. Long Lake comes to cover him, and Semedo, for some reason, was at midfield. <laughs> and, yeah. and he's jogging back, right? And I know, I know that on, on video, it just looks bad, right? Because the way he's jogging, I know if he's sprinting, he probably doesn't get there. I know that. But just the whole aesthetic of everything happening, the guy was wide open and he just gets it past Ter Stegen. And again, it just starts with the positioning, the midfield. There's no outlets for PK. And he cleared it and he tried to clear it. And he, it was a difficult clearance. But again, as they always say in youth soccer, never in the middle. If you have pressure like that, just and if you're going to clear it, clear it to the side. It's much easier, less options. But again, in this goal, you can technically say, yes, yeah, tomato wasn't covering and he was late to it. But really, Brian, it's just a chain reaction of everything happening and just really bad yeah. communication anticipation from everyone. Yeah. And then on the kickoff after the goal, that might have been even more disappointing because, you know, these things happen. It's it's football. Yeah. But after the goal, 
on the kickoff, no action from Barca. Everyone was walking, stunned, no response. Valverde said the same thing. It's football, right? So these things happen. But it seems as though they had just come back from a 5 nothing deficit, and we were totally shell-shocked. 1-1 one, one is nothing. And like you said, yeah. everyone was just walking around. Messi turns around. PK was kind of yelling a little bit, but more in jest of like everyone else was at fault except him on that goal. And again, Valverde, nothing. You know, there's nobody. Not even Ter Stegen, nobody. And, you know, again, it's just so disheartening because... For example, I just can't stand my sports teams not trying. And it was clear as day in this game from the second half on that they were just trying to ease that one nothing win, get those three points, and leave. But they didn't. Again, Brian, this team is so soft. They do not want to fight for anything. And that's what it seems like. And that's really disheartening. Think about all the heading. We never tried to go for head. We never tackle anymore there's nobody no one wants to go to ground to to make plays right because it hurts you know and again just like you said on this first this reaction nothing happened and what happens next they get, we get scored on yeah two minutes later yeah. 63rd minute another goal from this time from Mayoral. and i scouted him i said look out for yes. him yes <laughs> come this time campania plays it in for Mayoral, who's splitting pk and Longley with rochina on Longley's back so Mayoral was given too much space and it was another goal cheaply conceded. Of course. And the other thing, too, is PK should have gone to ground. You know, just be more physical up there just to try to be a presence, be a center back like he used to be. He did get a little hurt in the first half. I don't know if you saw when he made up clearance pass. He get, and I get that. Maybe he didn't want to go to ground. But if you're hurt, you're hurt and get subbed out because by trying to gut it out, he hurt us with a really bad pass on the first goal. And on the second goal, if you watch it, he barely covers to go to the guy. And the guy's at the top of the box and scores a, a wonder. I mean, it's a really nice goal, too. Don't I mean you gotta give him credit as well. But again, it's just the spacing. There's <laughs> it, there's a lack of intensity on defense. And by that, we just give these opportunities all the time to uh to other teams. Yeah, yeah. And then only five minutes later, <laughs> this was the third one. Radoja gets the gets the score. It was on a free kick. Everything was fine. Longley got to the first ball into the box, headed it away, but it wasn't quite enough. And then Radoja unmarked, connected with it. And then Busquets' deflection kept Ter Stegen from saving it. And I often wonder about this. If you're a defender, isn't it better in certain cases to let the shot go to your goalkeeper, trusting that they have the line on the, the flight of the ball? Uh, no, you have a good point there. I mean, the only thing is, you know, in this situation, it's such a close range shot that all he was doing was reacting more than anything. But if it's further away, I would I would definitely say let it go because the keeper has a better line if it's going to go straight, right? Because if you deflect it, then all of a sudden the keeper has to react. But Brian, for the, for me, this one, it's Long Lay's fault. Again, lazy defending, really bad foul. There's nothing happening. Only Again, Brian, when you're defending, a lot of times you just have to be in front of the player because the player is going to reel it back and pass back. He's not going to try, you know, Players nowadays, when you have four in the back and they have two, let's say, they're not going to try to take you one-on-one. That doesn't, it's usually on counters, they're going to try to take you one-on-one. And Longley had support on that and he did a really bad tackle. Dead ball, close to the box, really bad defending again. If you watch the video, no one takes the guy in the middle. Messi should have been guarding tighter in that zone and so should Griezmann. But again, it's just kind of this, you got him, I got him, nobody's got him. 
right. <laughs> type of attitude, you know? And again, there's just no fight, right? So this goes 3-1. And just like you said, three goals in seven minutes. And we did almost get one back in the 74th. It was a nice play. Yeah. Messi had a really good one, too, with Griezmann. He powered through the defense. He put it away. They took it back. They put the ball on the center spot. They're all ready to kick off again. But it was actually called back for offside. So that was another disappointment. And after that, it was it was re- I mean, it was already over, but it was way over after that. For sure. And and again, the subs for me, Brian, again, not only was the starting lineup baffling with the Semedo Sergio Roberto thing going on there, but Perez coming on for the left wing. Brian, I thought Fati was a left wing <laughs> and he was available. So he was available. What's going on? <laughs> he here? was on. What, the what, what is this thinking again? Again, Suarez came off because he was injured. So I was like, great. This is a blessing disguise because, you know, the only player that was pressing in this game, Brian. Was freaking Griezmann. Griezmann. Was Griezmann. I mean, he was playing every position. Correct. He was go- There was one play where he chased the guy on the sideline, deflected the pass, made the pass down the line, and everyone else was walking. Whoever is criticizing Griezmann up to the season, I know he hasn't had the goal output that everyone expected, but he is clearly the only player right now on our attacking, you know, midfield and, and forwards that is doing both things and really trying himself to defend, press, and do everything he can. Fati, man, not only would he give us the the pep, but it's a player that's in the position, and then putting Griezmann at the number nine, I think we would ultimately maybe had some more opportunities. Brian, we barely had one or two shots in the second half. I think we should go position by position and just say the two people who are at each position, because this is what's happening. It's like we have an idea of who the two players should be at each position, starting and sub. But I feel like Valverde has no clue. He, it's like the first time he meet, he's meeting this team. And for example, okay, Vidal off. You know, again, Vidal did not have a good game at all in this game. He clearly showed that he is not technical enough as a midfielder to be a Barca. Now, he has other qualities, and I give him that. But as a Barca midfielder, he does not have the technical abilities. And again, as a last ditch, he puts Fati on for our tour. And again, there's no rhyme or reason to this. What happened then? It's like Messi just has free flow. We have no discipline in any of the spaces. We're looking at each other like we've never played with each other. And again, it just goes back to this idea of Valverde never has contingency plans. He never talks to the players about them because the players clearly show that they have no clue of what's going on in the field. And he continues to put all these players in bad positions. It's almost as like Valverde's match fixing on purpose, like that type of idea where he's like, well, I'm putting this player, but we're still using Messi. And if we lose, I win 10 grand. Like, I don't know what's going on. This is the idea I'm looking at. I'm just so baffled by the substitutions and so forth. Because again, Brian, if the squad is good, I repeat, the squad is really good. You just have to manage the players in the right positions and let them play. Let them not think. Let them not be inhibited. And every player he puts on as a sub is inhibited. Where's Rakitic? Rakitic has given us so much. If you're going to ride or die with Suarez, why aren't you ride or dying with Rakitic, who's done so much for you in the last two years? Now, I'm not saying. Yeah, and he was available. He, he was, was on exactly, the bench. Exactly. He was available. And I'm not saying Rakitic is the savior, but I do know one thing Rakitic knows how to play on the right and defend yeah. <laughs> and play with Messi. And those are three things I like. Yeah. I'm just so frustrated because I want to see Messi at his best and. All these external factors going on with what Valverde is contributing to the players and all that stuff. It's just 
going to be a wasted season. The idea right now, today, November 3rd, the idea that we are going to be in the treble or winning any trophy is very far-fetched right now. Maybe La Liga, maybe, and that's only because the other teams in La Liga right now are playing so bad at the very top. I mean, we talked about Granada. Exactly. Except for Granada. But we're talking like Madrid last night, tying 0-0 against Betis, you know? Yeah. But forget about champions. And Copa del Rey, who knows? If we have too many road games, we're out. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. It's just disheartening right now in November right now that we are projecting that it's so inconsistent to even have thoughts of these trophies right now. And everyone that we, you know, we talk about on Twitter and social media is having the same feeling. It's this idea of, this board has allowed this coach to coach this for so long and has not done anything about it. It's just an indictment of everything. And again, we're just losing another season. What's going to happen next year? We get a new coach that's going to be a tight ass, you know, and that's not what we need. We just need a coach that is adaptable, knows how to use tactics, collaborates, and is fair. You know, those are the other best things that you look for. We don't need someone on the opposite end of Valverde. And that's what's going to happen. That always happens in sports. Right, right. That's it's it's the pendulum. Correct. Swinging. Yeah. Next up, Slavia Prague are coming to Barcelona on Tuesday to kick off the second leg of the Champions League group stage. Can Barca maintain or widen their 2-1 lead over the Czech champions? And we'll have Max Bluer's report on Barca B. So after that loss to Levante, and knowing how tough Slavia Prague were in the first leg with Barca, admittedly they were in their home stadium, but still, this Tuesday could wind up being Barca's first home draw or loss. I mean, I can see it. I mean, Slavia Prague just won 5-1 over the weekend, I think. So uh, 4 nothing. 4 nothing. Yeah. yeah. So they are riding with good confidence. They're playing well. And not one player in their starting 11 is going to be intimidated playing Barca. Maybe they might be intimidated playing the Camp Nou just because of the size the history of the stadium, maybe for the first five minutes. But after that, this coach of Slavia Braha has the game plan already tight. Barca is not going to do anything. There's no, I, Brian, I would bet my, if I had a house, I would bet my house on this, that Valverde is not going to do any changes to tactics this week. He's just going to say, we're going to out, outlast the press and we're going to, we have Messi and we're going to score. But Brian, we've seen it just this past week in Levante. If you do not allow Barca to score early, and you hang in the game, you ultimately have the opportunity to score and win those matches, just like Levante did. And Praha is going to come in. They are young, fast, and they're going to press all game. Yeah. Oh, they certainly are. I would feel a lot better about our scoring potential. And again, we will be at home, which is like our fortress, regardless of all of the bad stuff that has happened on the road. We're still strong at home. I do think, though, that if anyone is going to take us down at home, Maybe it would have been Real Madrid a weekend ago or so. Mm-hmm. In lieu of that, I think Prague could be the one. For sure. And that's the thing. You know, it's a 50-50, you know. And yeah. we just don't know because it's the idea of who's going to show up, the positioning, and that night. So if Praha comes and we don't show up, it's definitely doable for Praha. But, you know, I'm just hoping, you know, with the change of personnel just by Suarez and Griezmann, that'll give us some more energy up top that we haven't had in a couple, you know, all season long, essentially. Barca B are holding sixth place in their Segunda B group, but they are only three points off of Yeida Esportiu in the top spot. Here with a report is Max Bluer. Barca B were held to a nil-nil draw against Andorra this weekend in a top-of-the-table clash between third and fourth place. The game is of particular interest as FC Andorra's president is a certain Gerard Pique, who surprisingly was not in the director's box to watch his two teams perhaps staying away so as to avoid all of the cameras being focused on him rather than the pitch. 
Barca Bay dominated the first half, with Ricky Pooj running the show from the centre of the park, escaping challenges at will, breaking lines, and driving his team forward. He's just at another level compared to the rest of the division. Garcia Pimienta opted to go without a recognised centre forward, leaving Avalorish on the bench, with Hiroke Ake acting as a sort of false nine, flanked by Kike Severio and Golasso expert Alex Coyado. But Hiroki made little impression as the central pivot of an attack, and despite dominating possession, Ricky's glaring superiority in the centre was not converted into clear-cut chances. Garcia Pimienta waited until the 75th minute to get Abadorisa on Fejeroque. Too long, in my opinion. Throughout the entire game, the team were limited to long shots, failing to create enough clear chances despite plenty of possession and the creativity of Ricky in midfield. Players like Coyado and Hiroki need to step up and involve themselves in the play on a consistent basis. But ultimately, it was an error by the coach to start without a true number 9, and to wait until the 75th minute to rectify this. Barcelona's other game since we last spoke was a hard-fought 1-0 victory over Sabadell. Ronald Araujo returned in the central defence after his suspension for the unfortunate red card he got on debut with the first team, and he was crucial in keeping the boys' third clean sheet at home in a row. Araujo lined up with Mingueza in the centre of defence, which marked a complete change from the Yagostera game the week before, when Garcia Pimienta went with Chumi and Jorge Cuenca in the centre of defence. Pimi seems to have found his favourite centre-back pairing for now, though, as it was Araujo and Mangueza who started against Andorra too. The team was truly indebted to goalkeeper Iñaki Peña though, who produced a couple of flying saves in the second half to keep Sabadell at bay. But if that makes it sound like Barca Bay were under the cosh for much of this game, nothing could be further from the truth. Kike Severio was a constant threat down the left, providing the assist for the only goal of the game and smacking the crossbar with a curling effort from the edge of the box in the second half. And it was a fine goal that he set up, dancing away from defender on the left before pinging a ball across the edge of the area that Monchu guided around his marker with the first touch before slotting it past the keeper to give Barca the lead in the 23rd minute. Another interesting line from the last couple of weeks was Garcia Pimienta insisting that we would likely see Ansu Fati and Carlos Perez with the B team at some point this season. Before the first team's game at Levante, there had been certain preoccupation in the Barca Entorno about the fact that neither Perez nor Fati had had any minutes for a month, leading to speculation that they might drop down a level in order to get some playing time. It comes as no surprise that Garcia Pimienta would want to have two such excellent players at his disposal. Whenever Valverde decides that they won't have minutes at the first team, they can come down with us. In a pretty blatant attempt to pressure the club hierarchy into putting these twos at his disposal. It doesn't seem to have worked though, as both Perez and Fati had minutes against Levante. It was Perez who came on first, despite Ansu Fati having generated much more hype and arguably been more effective than Perez in the opening stages of the season. All of this means that Perez and Fati will likely be seeing much more game time with the first team particularly as Barca in the midst of a gruelling schedule of three games in a week, and that Garcia Pimienta is highly unlikely to be able to call on them in the foreseeable future. In all likelihood, though, we will have Ricky Puig available. It's a widely held belief within the Barca hierarchy that Ricky is too good for Segunda Bay now, and that having him to continue to play there just run the risk of him picking up a serious injury from the vicious tackles he's been subjected to in recent weeks. And so the club has been suggesting to the player and his agent, and newspapers like Sport, that the best thing would be for him to go on loan ideally to a foreign club where he would be out of the forensic spotlight of the Spanish media. They looked at the example of Oriel Busquets, who is enjoying plenty of game time and importance on loan at Dutch club FC20. With the draw against Andorra, Barca Bay end match day 11 in 6th place, but just 3 points off top spot. Next week, the team travels to see the Ebro before hosting Cornea the week after. For Barca Bay, I'm Max Bloor. Thanks to Max Bluer today. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, produced by Brian Henderson, social media and promotion by Two Point Go. Until next time, Pisca Barca. Sports Social.
Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.